Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or visit their website at greyhoundpp.com.au. We hope that you enjoy this episode and thanks to everyone for your support in promoting our wonderful industry. Let's start with, um, I suppose he's he's the man of the moment, really. Oh, fire legend. He is showing absolutely no signs of slowing down. Is is his form at the moment surprising yourself, or is it really no surprise how good he's going? Oh, it's no surprise, really. He's always been a, a you know a real good dog, but he, he had a little trouble with, um, with his wrist, a bit of arthritis. For a month or so there, which happened to be right in the middle of the Masters Meteor. Yep. But we got um, we got some information from Kilmore Stud about this this stuff they're using called Foresight, which is made up of um, shark cartilage, abalone, and green lip mussels, and you put it on their dinner. Yeah, right. Ever, ever, ever since I've been using it, I started him on it the day after the Masters, and within a week he had no soreness, and he hasn't got sore in the wrist ever since. That's amazing. Yeah, and he's had the six starts since that Masters, and for, and he's won five of them. The only one he got yep. beat in was the Thunderbolt beat. Yep, yep. What um what made you um get in touch with Coolmore? Did someone recommend um them to you? Uh, well, it was Chris Chris Field who checks me dogs in Grafton. Um, he'd just been at Kilmore Stud the weekend before, and uh, someone had told him about it down there. Yeah. And how they swear by it. It's like little granules. It comes in in a little packet of granules. And um, yeah, and they said it doesn't swab or anything. He said they swear by it. So I said, well, let's get some and we'll, <laughs> we'll give it a go. And. Uh, Yes, yeah, so we only sort of stumbled across it, really. Yep, yep. No, that's amazing. What? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you you would have been thinking, oh, look, I'm going to try anything, really. But to have those sorts of results, you must just be pinching yourself. Oh yeah. Well, we were just patching him up week to week. Every time yep. I ran him, he'd bend his wrist in the morning and he'd scream the house down. And. Um, I had to trial in between the heat and final of the Masters. There was a 10-day gap, so I had to sort of trial him. So yep. I slipped him at Grafton. I didn't put him out of the boxes because I was worried about the wrist. So I just slipped him, and that was on Monday afternoon. The final was on Saturday, and that afternoon he couldn't even put his leg on the ground. And I'm thinking, here I am, I've got box one in a $100,000 race and the yep. dog can't put his leg on the oh. ground. So, but anyhow, we just patched him up enough to get him into the race. And um, yep. I actually had the stuff a week before, but I didn't want to put him on it because I didn't know anything about it and I didn't want to put it on it leading up to a big final. Yep. So I just thought I'll leave it until after that and then... Yeah, and of course, the next day after the final, his, his wrist was the same as always, couldn't bend it at all. And so we started on him straight away. And yeah, it was probably a week after that. He's, he, since then, he's never he's never got sore on it every run. Yep. No, that's amazing. And will this be his first, um, his first two turn runs since being on this stuff? 
his his first two term run. Yep. Um, yeah, it would be. Yeah, would be. Yep, yep. Yeah, no. he'd only really raced the Grafton, but he was still pulling up sore at you know racing at Grafton. So, yep. you know, I don't, I don't expect there to be any any dramas tonight. You know, yep. as long as he doesn't get bashed around or anything. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, you know, he's got his box. Um, we all know he he loves the inside. So you obviously, you know, given his current run of form, you know, give him a a realistic chance tonight. Oh yeah, if he doesn't do anything silly, he should just win <laughs> because, um, like, he's he's going. He, he's won the last three free for alls at Grafton, which are they're very hard to win the four fifty free for alls up there. Yep. And um, and he's just won them with ease, really. And um, but uh, yeah, you know, barring any incidents, he should should be really hard to beat tonight. Yep. Now this will be his hundred and fifth start. He's won um, forty two of his one hundred and four wins. I know it's probably hard to narrow it down, but is there a win or two in particular that um, you know throughout his career so far uh, are you up there with your favourites? Um. Oh, well, probably the Lismore Cup was probably his... Well, that was the, the, the main race that he won. Um, and he beat a really hot field that night. It was all hands off. Oh, Mickey, Sequana and... Yep. All, all the best dogs from Queensland were in that final. And he just... He had box five and he just jumped straight to the front and won easy. So... But, uh, like, he's been in... He's been in 20... I think it's 19 or 20 group group or invitation finals. Yep. So uh, one of the most exciting things for me with him was just getting selected in the Tem Lee last year. Yep, definitely. In, in the top eight dogs in the country and like we were sitting watching the catching pen <laughs> when they were announcing the field and I wasn't expecting him. I knew he was down to the last 15 or whatever it was but I wasn't really expecting him to be in it and when they showed his they put a picture of him up on the screen, and I said to Mel, geez, that looks like Milo. And, and they said, oh, the next dog in is Fire Legend. And I nearly fell off the chair. Like, that, that gave me as big a thrill as as any race I've ever won, I reckon. It was yep. just, just to be regarded in the, you know, the top eight dogs in the country. Yep. Because, you know, it was Tommy Shelby and Wow yeah, and, that's uh, right. you know, Shimmer Shine, all them dogs. So, yep. It was it was a fantastic feeling, that's yep. for sure. And the fact that, you know, it adds a little bit um, more extra sentimental to it, the fact that he's your own breed and that as well. So you've sort of, you know, had him from, from day dot, which, um, you know, considering what he's doing you know, not just at the start of his career, but you know, even now, must um must still be very special. Oh yeah, for sure. This is the ninth generation of the breed. Ninth generation. Wow. I trained his mother and his grandmother and his great grandmother and his great great grandmother. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It all started off. I bought. I had a dog called Fire Cape. 25 years ago, he was a, a, a ripper of a dog, broke five track records, and and we sent him to stud in Victoria, and uh, Graham Bate had him, and I said to Graham, if you see any pups for sale, if he when he serves something, he, I said, I wouldn't mind buying one, and he ended up, they sold me a bitch out of the first litter, and, um, and that's where it all started, you know. Her name was uh, Fire Crisis, I called her. Yep. And um, 
yeah, we've bred on from her. So every bitch from her down the line back to, to him is we've had in our kennel. Yep. No, that's amazing. Everyone sort of, you know, has that whole uh, theory that you only need one brew bitch to sort of start your um, dynasty, so to speak, and that's sort of what's happened for you guys. Oh, yeah. It's um, oh, it's really a fantastic line and, and people sort of took it for granted. I used to have trouble selling pups and these days I don't even have to advertise them. As soon as I brewed a litter, I got, you know, 20 or 30 people on the phone wanting to buy them. Yep. Yep. So um, it's yeah, it's really people are really starting to recognise how good the line is now. So yep, do you yeah, um, it's uh, fabulous. Do you have a particular process when you're picking your sire um, for your broodies? No, not really. I I, I like to use new sires, which a lot of people don't. Yep. Um, and I generally go for the fastest dog. Most of the best sires we've had over the years have been the fastest dogs. You know, Brett Lee, Fernando Bale, you know, they're all the quickest dogs around. So, yep. Um, you know, I like a dog to have track records. and But I'm not afraid to use a new sire because if you pick the right one, you, you get two years head start on everyone else. Yep. <laughs> And you, you get know, them a bit other cheaper. People want to wait the two years <laughs> and see if they can throw a winner. Yep, yep. And you know, a lot of people too say it. You know, a lot of it comes back to the mother as well because you know we all know that every sire is good because otherwise they wouldn't be at stud. So they've all got ability yeah. and yeah. Yeah, that's right. But um, yeah, just some stray better than others. Like tick away followers had five litters. She went to dine a double one. That was before he'd even had a winner. And um, she threw a couple of real good dogs, Pandemonium and, and Sweet Fire All. Yep. And then she went to Fernando Bale next, which is Fire Legends litter. And then she went to Moira Redeemer, who's the son of Fernando Bale. And she got Black Fire Brand, who's one in town, and the bitch Blake's got Bing Bang Boy. Yep. And there was a couple of others that tragically broke hocks that were going real good. And, uh, yeah, we've got to fly in Ricardo litter now, which we're just about to break in. Yep, yep. Well, I was just about to say, have you got any um, any pups coming through at the moment? So that's, um, is that flying Ricardo tick away fire? Yeah, yeah, yep. that's her last litter. They're yep. 12 months old. Yep, and how are they? Go oh, you know, I know it's obviously early stages, but how are they seem to be going? Oh, they, they're shaped up nice. They're really nice-looking pups. Um, we also, we bred with Fire on Ice, Fire Legend's sister. Yep. Um, she's an Easter egg finalist and Peter Mossman, Group 1 finalist. Uh, she's a, she was, you know, probably one of the best bitches in New South Wales when she was racing. Yeah. We put her to Shimmer Shine. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, well, he was regarded all over Victoria as the fastest greyhound in Victoria. Yep. And I still remember Jason Thompson saying that the, we were in the Harrison Dawson with him and he said to him, the dailies, he said, you give me a shimmer shine and you can have all my dogs. He said, I'll swap you. <laughs> so I thought, well, if he's that good, you know. Yep. So, and then we've just put Sweet Fire all the stayer. She's had a letter to Fernando Bartle. Yeah, nice. So you've got um, plenty of well-bred ones coming through. Yeah, if I can't get something out of them three litters, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it away. Give it away, that's right. There has to be one in there. 
Well, Shim and Shines are six months old. Uh, I had a look at them today, actually, down at Sarah Kedwell's. And um, and the Fernando Bales, they're only just three months. They're well-spaced. Yeah, no, nice. So you've always sort of got something coming through, which is good to have something to look forward to. Um, Probably just my last question was, and obviously, like you said before, I'm not saying you're old, but you have been around a while and training for a while, Um, you know, sort of, and there's always people obviously wanting to get into the game and it is hard if you're sort of starting out brand new with no sort of family connections or anything like that. But just for anyone looking to get involved in the industry, you know, what would sort of be your advice to anyone wanting to become a trainer? Uh, just to become a trainer, well, you'd probably just have to become an owner first because it'd be hard to step straight in and start training a dog if you've never had anything to do with them. Yep. But you need, you really need someone to guide you. Like, yep. I was, I was lucky. I worked for Graham Bate 25 years ago and he, he sort of changed my life with dogs. He showed me different ways of doing things and, and he was just an absolute genius, and I don't think I don't think there's a trainer around still that's won the feature races that he won. You know, yeah. he's got like four Melbourne Cups and two Easter Eggs and three Australian Cups and four Silver Chiefs. And, yeah. You know, he just he just uh, was amazing what he done with dogs, and I was lucky enough to work for him only because I sent me dog down there for the standard stud. That's how I met him. Yeah, right. And um, then I went down not long after and started working for him and I was down there for a couple of years, two or three years. Tommy and George Daly were there at the same time. And, yep. Um, you know, it was just, yeah, it just changed everything for me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's a great man, Graham. Yep. Yeah, no, he was, um, he was incredible. And I mean, God, the lessons he must have taught you, you know, in your time down there would just <laughs> be invaluable pretty much. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and not just um, about dogs either, you know. He taught me a lot about, you know, how to hold myself in, in life and yep. how you talk to people and, you know, oh, he, he's very wise Blake, there's no doubt about that. Yep. Is there anything sort of, you know, I know he probably taught you a lot, but is there anything, you know, sort of in particular that sort of stuck with you um, over the years? Well, uh, the, probably the free galloping um, Graham invented free galloping and he just sort of invented it by mistake. He, you know, he just put a dog out in the yard and he was putting it out every day and just letting it have an empty out and all of a sudden it started improving and yep. And then he worked out if he had two runs he could put two out at a time and and it was quick, easy way to work them and the dogs stayed fit, they get less injuries. Yep. And all the dogs improved. Like when I was there we were getting dogs off people and and we'd just start free galloping them and they'd, just, they'd all find links, you know, pretty yep. well straight away. But he was a good muscle man as well, so... Yep, yep, yep. Obviously that helped, but, um, yeah, probably the free galloping was the main thing. Yep, yep. That's, um, that's sort of, uh, you know, something I tell uh, everybody that asks me. I said you need to get... Your, whether you are an owner or a trainer, I said you need to make sure that your dogs are being checked by a good muscle man and someone that knows yep. what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even now in Grafton, I haven't sort of got the facilities to free gallop, but I, I take my dogs under the under the Grafton race course, 
and they're going to uh, shoot at the seven, eight hundred metres at Grafton, and I just slip them. There's a real, like, a, nearly a four hundred metre back straight on the race course, and I just slip them up there once or twice a week. Yeah, nice, nice. And the dogs, the dogs love it. I just, yep. they just slip them onto the squeaker, and you know, fire legend comes up and he picks the squeaker up, <laughs> and I turn, I switch it off, and he carries it back to the car for me, walking in front of me, just holding it in his mouth. How good does the hard work for you? You can see he's having a good time doing it. (laughs) Oh, God, love it. Well, look, at the end of the day, if he's happy, he's going to be, you know, you can see that in his racing too. He's just loving what he's doing. Yeah, he's always been a a super dog. Even last year we took him and Fire and Ice to Melbourne. It was mainly for her to go in the Sapphire Crown down there. Yep. And... um, we said, oh, well, we'll take him along because the Harrison Dawson was on for the dogs as well. Yep. So we took him down there and, and she got beat. She ran fourth and he came out and won his head to the Harrison Dawson. So we ended up having to go back the next week for him, <laughs> not her. And the fear was the strongest field you have ever seen in a, in a group one race. It was the Shimmer Shine, Catch the Thief, Equalizer, Fernando Bluey, Tigalong Tonk. Uh, it was like every good dog in Australia was in this final. You know? yep. <laughs> Not a, you'd never get a final that good when they run heats. Yep. But, yep. But still, that was that was a great thrill too, winning down there because he loves sand. He's had six starts at Sandown for five wins. Yep. Uh, he loves the track down there too, and um, it's just good to have a dog good enough to to go to these places and and have success when you go away. Yep. You know. Yeah, definitely. But he's, he's just been a fabulous dog right from right from virtually the first day I trialed him. So, yep. Yeah, he's w- a beauty. Would you um? Would you ever can like obviously yourself or if anybody else shows interest, would you consider registering him as a stud dog when he retires? Yeah, well, I am actually. I'm oh, good. Definitely going to do it. Excellent. <laughs> he's a, he holds the track record at Warhope. Yep. Um, he's won a he's won a group race. Obviously, he won the Lismore Cup. And he's run placings in a number of group races. He ran third in the Paws of Thunder and he ran third in another Lismore Cup the, the year after. Um, he's made 19 or 20 group finals. He's won on 20 different tracks. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, and he's won nearly a quarter of a million dollars in prize money. So, and he's not finished yet. Yep. So. <laughs> We're hoping he's still going good in September when the next Masters Meteor is on. Exactly. I was going to say, probably the good thing is there's another Masters Meteor coming up and, you know, all going well, he um, he should give that a good shake, you would think. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. But he, he's still good enough. For, he's four years and three months old, I think, but he's still good enough to compete in all these group races, you yep. know, so... Yep. He takes on the younger dogs and gives them a lesson a lot of the time. <laughs> he says, try and follow me, guys. <laughs> yeah. I even last, I was a bit worried last week. He drew box six in a pretty good top grade at Grafton and, and the lid's open and he was three in front after a couple of strides <laughs> and it was all over. <laughs> you know, from box six. And I was worried, oh, box six, that's a bad box. Yep. But with good dogs like that, you should never worry. They just, they just get themselves. They find a way, you know. You know, every every person who had good dogs has got a good breed, bitch. Yes. And yep. um, 
so I just, uh, I was pretty lucky. I bought that the bit original bitch that was by Firecape for three hundred and fifty dollars, uh, and we bred on from her for twenty five years from the same bitch. You know, if you go down through and get the get his bloodlines, Fire Legend, and go through every dam for nine generations, we had them all. You know, and they all threw a group winner or won a group race or yep. You know, they were, it's, and the lines, a lot of lines die out, and this one's actually getting stronger by the looks of it. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When you said nine so, generations, I nearly sorry. fell over. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, you know, uh, you know, for, for young people, like, like Blake's doing the right thing too. He's, uh, Two or three of his best dogs are out of the same line. Like Ice yep. Arena was out of Senorita Ice. Yep. Who was, um, she was out of uh, Cafella Ice, who was one of them bread bitches. Yep. And then he's got uh, Blazing Kahuna. She's out of Lens Pick. Well, Lens Pick was out of Lucky Fina. And Lucky Fina was out of Blazing Fire, <laughs> who I bred. So he's sort of he's sticking to the same line as well. Yep. And he's get he's starting to get the same success, get you know. The and they're all bitches, so he'll have bitches to breed on with as well. <laughs> You've been listening to the Greyhound Girl podcasts with Dimity Ma, proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or their website, greyhoundpp.com.au. dot <laughs>